remember the goal of Colossians? I mean, we meet once a week. If you hadn't thought about it since like last week, you probably you may not. But anybody remember what the goal is that, that Paul says, hey, we need to get to this point? Maturity. Maturity. Okay, that's it. Maturity. Man, if the church would just be mature. If Eric would just be mature. But not just mature like we think somebody's grown older or they finally quit, you know, uh, spending all their money on uh, video games and they start spending their money on bills. That's not the maturity that we're talking about, although that's good maturity as well. No offense to those who play video games. The maturity that he's talking about is maturity in Christ. Growing in Christ, learning Christ, learning who he is, learning what he said, and learning how to live that out. And that's what... We talked about last week when Paul said, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Live out your life like Jesus is your Lord. That, that is, if you want to go and mature in Christ, how do you do it? You live your life like Jesus is Lord, and you appreciate him and the fact that he is Lord while you're doing it. That, that is the goal. Your job in maturing in Christ is to serve Jesus uh, uh, live like Jesus is your Lord and appreciate Him as your Lord. Not resent Him for what He tells you to do or how He tells you to do it. Not wishing that you could um, fight uh, evil with evil. Not wishing you could, those that persecute you, you persecute them back. Not, not you know, not uh, obeying Jesus but in your heart feeling like you really wish you could do it another way. No, no, Doing what Jesus said and appreciate, thank you for not allowing me, for keeping me from making a mess. I had a phone call last week that kept me from making a mess. Kept me. I was ready to mess something up. My flesh was all on board. It was all on board. You know, let's do it. Let's mess it up. It deserves to be messed up is what my flesh was saying. And I was ready and I got a phone call. And it was the Holy Spirit through somebody <laughs> that kept me from making a mess. And afterwards I said thank you. And I said thank you to that person. But after I said thank you, Lord, for keeping me from making a mess. I wasn't like, man, why couldn't you let me let them have it? That I was, thank you, Lord, for keeping me from making a mess out of that. That's what it means to appreciate Jesus as your Lord. That, what, that's what he means in verse 7 where he says abounding in thanksgiving. Thank you that you are my Lord. My life would be so much worse if you were not my Lord. My life would be a disaster if you were not my Lord. Thank you for offering me to serve you as Lord. And so he says, as you receive Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in him. And here's what God does. Remember, God does this part. This is a passive verb. He has rooted you in Christ is what it says. He is currently, as you learn to live like Jesus is your Lord and appreciate him as, as Lord, he is building you up. What does that mean? Maturing. He's building you up. If you will just do your part, God will do his part. But you need to do the right part, and you need to do the right part. <laughs> yes. Do your part, but make sure your part's the right part, which is what we're going to get into today in verse 8. How do you know what? the right part is. and Because he says uh, back in verse, if you got a Bible with you, you can find it quickly. If, if you got a, uh, a phone, you have to scroll. But in, in, verse, in verse 4, Paul says, 
I'm telling you all this so that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Delude you. Think of a, uh, um, there are, there are um, ideas of how you can mature in Christ that don't work. Not every path leads to maturity in Christ. There are paths that people will tell you lead to maturity in Christ that actually don't lead you any closer to maturity at all but that just make you feel better about yourself, which is pride, which is not uh, the new covenant. <laughs> pride is not a great thing to have. Pride, in fact, brought the devil down, and if you think you're better than the devil and you can handle pride, I'm concerned for you. So he says, I'm, wor- I'm worried about you that somebody's going to come along with an idea of how you can mature in Christ, and you're going to believe them, and you're going to be fooled, and you're going to be deluded. You're going to be... You're going to be, you're going to be uh, uh, tricked. That's what he says in verse 8. Verse 8, ready? Colossians 2.8. See to it, are we back up? Look at that. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. What big, deep language we have here again from Paul. Why can't it just be simple and easy language? What in the world is an elemental spirit? What in the world is an elemental spirit? I have studied and read really smart people who go, we don't know really. We don't really know. We don't really know what a, it, it okay. Um, the elemental spirit, here, here's the way it's used in the New Testament, elemental spirits. Sometimes it's used, uh, as um, uh, basic fundamentals. In, in other words, you, you need to learn 2 plus 2 before you divide or, or learn calculus, you know. 2 plus 2 would be elemental spirit, ru- rudimentary uh, 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 principles. Sometimes it's translated. It's hard to translate this word into English. And, uh, and again, I feel better because really smart people go... I don't know. I can't define it exactly. I wish we could, by the way. But what I'm gonna, where we're gonna get to is, the truth is the truth, no matter what that word means. Okay, and uh, we can get the idea. Elemental spirits can mean, uh, again, basic fundamental principles. It can also mean um, uh, material things in the world, like, like um, earth, wind, and fire. Some of y'all are heathens. Ain't you? I don't even know what Earth, Wind, and Fire sang. Isn't that a group, Earth, Wind, and Fire? You're not a heathen. I'm just messing with you. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and uh, and water. Basic stuff on Earth. Basic basic materials that the world is made out of. Okay. Basic principles. Basic materials. And then some say those spirits. And this is what is translated in Colossians in the ESV. These spirits are spiritual beings, maybe demons, maybe angels, maybe a mixture of those, who have some sort of authority, power, influence probably is a better word, over, um, over the, the, the things of the world. In, in other words, when... When Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, 
That's the kind of stuff he's talking about. So these are real spiritual entities that really do have an impact and influence the world that we see around us that we don't think about as Americans. We really don't. We don't think about it. When, when people go to Haiti or, or even New Orleans, we see voodoo and we see, uh, you know, uh, witch doctors. We, we see, I mean, you see those things over there. You see demonic, a lot of demonic um, uh, manifestations. We typically don't see them a lot here. And we're not going to get into why. There's debate why we don't see it as much here. But it's not as though they don't exist in the United States of America. Okay? They could cross the border. They, 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 they were here before we got here. There are spiritual powers that are actively working against you to destroy you. Okay? Just like there are spiritual powers that help you, there are spiritual powers that are actively against you. What are those? It's deeper than me. Okay? It's deeper than me. Thankfully, it's deeper than the smart people I read, read this week too, okay? But these elemental spirits are basic, either basic principles, basic materials, or spirits that, that, that will try to influence, influence your, your flesh. If you want to put a, a visual in your mind of what an elemental spirit would be here, it would be the devil on this shoulder with the angel on the other shoulder. Okay, that would be a good, not a great, not a perfect. Don't quote me on this, but I'm just saying, just get a mental. There are there are going to be there going to be times where you hear that voice, like I heard um, last week, to mess things up because it deserves to be messed up. That voice, that voice comes from somewhere. Okay, and it and it tells your flesh you really want this. You really should do this. And sometimes your flesh agrees. In fact, most of the time it does, which is why you need the Holy Spirit to overcome that. So the elemental spirits of the world, again, these things that agree with your flesh or, or they can try to trick you into believing something that's not true. So it's not just sometimes they don't agree with your flesh to do something bad. Sometimes they, they will trick you into believing that something is bad when it's really not. However they can deceive you is fine with them as long as you're deceived. Now, what I just said is deep, okay? It's, 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 it's extremely deep. What is the point? The point with the problem with the philosophy, empty deceit, human tradition, and elemental spirits, the reason those things are not good and those things lead us astray is because they're not according to Christ. So all that, you don't have to understand philosophy, which is the, the love of wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom. By the way, the pursuit of wisdom, is that a bad thing? It's not, right? Mm -mm. The love of wisdom, in fact, we're told throughout the Old Testament, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Go after wisdom. Um, uh, uh, Paul even earlier here talks about spiritual wisdom. I'm praying that you are filled with all spiritual wisdom. Jesus himself um, uh, told us to, to, to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. James said, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. 
Okay, so nothing wrong with wisdom. But when wisdom goes bad is when wisdom is your goal and Christ is not involved. When you start thinking that life is about financial peace and not serving Jesus, financial peace becomes a bad thing and not a good thing. Anything that you start going after, and it is your life, life pursuit now, you're fired up about it, it is your passion, your drive, that's not rooted in Christ and aimed toward Christ, is leading you astray. Not bad to do. Nothing wrong with being wise and living wise and getting wiser. But it's not the point of your life. It's not the goal of life. It's not what is going to make you mature in Christ. In fact, your bank account and how much money you have in your bank, how smart you are with your money doesn't mean, if, or if you're really smart with your money, wise with your money, does not mean you're mature in Christ. You can be completely immature in Christ and be great with money. How do you know if you're mature in Christ? What did he say? Are you living like he's your Lord? And are you thankful he's your Lord? Now, here's the deal. Living like he's your Lord doesn't mean you just claim him as Lord. Living like he's your Lord means you find out what he says and you do that. You find out what he said and you believe that. Are you doing that? Are you really doing what he said? Or are you a, 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 a Christian in name only? A real Christian does what Jesus said, does what Jesus taught See to it that no one takes you captive. Notice that there's a prison involved. A prison involved. There's captivity involved. Philosophy. Empty deceit. According to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. Uh, We sang today about building our house on on Jesus and the wind coming and the the waves coming. That's at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Okay, we used to sing the, the song when we were a kid. The wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, the foolish man built his house upon the sand and the waves. Uh, the rain came tumbling down. You remember that? The waves came down. The rain came down and the floods came up. You know, all that. Yeah. So, what Jesus said, do you remember the difference between the wise man and the foolish man? What's the difference? Anybody remember? The, the, the wise man, Jesus said, whoever does this is like a wise man who builds his house on rock. You remember what he said? Whoever hears these words of mine and does them. Hears the words of mine and does them. What makes the foolish man foolish? Whoever hears these words and doesn't do them. You're not just a wise, here we go, wise person. You're not just building your house on a solid foundation if you hear the words of Jesus. That means you can read a Bible plan and not be mature in Jesus. Not have your, have your, your life ba- built on the rock. What makes you, your life built on the rock is hearing his words and doing them. Doing them. Whoever he, right, so, but I, want, I want to point out something. that is, right, What is it that you hear and do? That makes your life built on the rock so that the winds come and the rains come, you can stand firm. What is it that you do? What is it that you do? 
What is it that you hear and what is it that you do? What do you hear and do? Jesus said, whoever hears my words, whose words? Jesus' words. And does them, does what? Jesus' words is like somebody that builds their house on a rock. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts with, he teaches, talks about you know, you are the, the light of the world, the city on a hill, you know, can be hidden. He goes into Beatitudes, and then he says this. He says, you've heard it said. You've heard it said. And he lays some things out. And what is it, what's one of the things he says you heard it said? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What is, what's another thing? You've heard it said. Don't commit adultery. You've heard it said, don't murder. Okay? Where's that from? Ten Commandments? Law? You've heard it said. You've heard it said. You've heard it said. You've heard it said is what Paul is talking about. You've heard it said. Somebody somewhere said, you ever said, you ever thought, that's in the Bible, by the way. That's in the Bible. Somewhere somebody has written, I'm glad that, make, that gives me hope. I can't tell you chapter and verse everything, but I, I've read that somewhere. Somebody said, somebody said, and I want you to notice when Jesus says that in Matthew 5, he's talking about, at the beginning, he's talking about the law, even the Ten Commandments. And he said, after that, but I say. Now, I want you to just gather how heavy that is. Basically, what Jesus is saying to them, what, we would, what we're hearing is, and what they would have heard is, God told you back then, but I'm telling you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll, Jesus. You see, they didn't, they didn't crucify Jesus because he was so sweet and kind. He said stuff like that. And they were really particular about you saying, you know, I know to God told you to do this, but I'm going to tell you this. Well, I think we should have more mercy with the Jews than we do. Because Jesus said some stuff that was crazy. Eat my flesh and drink my blood is crazy talk. Lunacy, if you don't understand it. And they didn't get it. And I ain't sure I would have got it if I was back, back then either. Now, when he rose again from the dead, <laughs> okay, maybe there's something to this guy. And that's the point. That's what Jesus said. If I rise from the dead, you'll know what I say is true. But I want you to say, God told you back there to do this, but I'm telling you this. That's heavy talk. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to listen to? Who do I go with? Do I go with what the law said? Or do I go with what Jesus said? That's a heavy choice to make. What did Jesus say at the end of that sermon? 
Whoever hears these words of mine. First sermon he ever preached, as far as we know. Sermon on the Mount. That's what we got. First sermon. Let's go to the end. Right before he's taken up into heaven. Great commission. Jesus, last words, says, all authority has been given to me, right? Let's go, in fact, Matthew 28. We're going to read verse 20, but we may read a couple of verses before that. If you got your Bible, look at that. Matthew chapter 28, if we can get that. Matthew's in the New Testament, Eric. Very end of Matthew. It is quicker on the phone, typically. All right, so Matthew 28, let's start with verse 18, okay? Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want you to think about that for a second. What are the implications of what Jesus just said? All authority in heaven... And on earth has been given to me. What does that mean realistically? What does that mean practically? If all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, whatever I say goes. God is good with whatever I say. Because he's given me the authority to say it. Do you get that? All authority has been given to me. I have the right to tell you what to do and what not to do, is what he says. All authority. So here's what I'm telling you to do. You don't have to go ask God about it, because God's telling you to do it, because I'm God. I I have the authority, not me personally, Jesus. All authority on heaven and earth, in heaven and earth, has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's good. We like that, right? We're supposed to do that. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them. Praise God. We're going to do that today. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Who said that? Yep. Yes. Okay. Let me just say, throw this out there. If somebody ever tells you, if you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and not just in the name of Jesus, then you weren't really baptized. You go back to this and you go, you know, Jesus said all authority in heaven on earth was given to me. And then right after that he said, I baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I think, I, I think that's good with me. Like I think if Jesus said that and he's the authority and I ain't got to go ask his superior if that's right because he is the superior, then I can baptize or be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it be good. You think? You think? Philosophy, empty deceit. Thinking, doing the right thing, but it's not according to Christ. That's what I'm telling you. What you believe should be according to Jesus. What did Jesus say to do? All right, here's where we're getting. Verse 20. Teaching them... To observe what? Observe what? You're going to, Jesus telling me how to live. 
teaching. I'm going around. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to baptize them, and I'm going to teach them. This is how we're going to make them disciples. This is how we're going to make them Christians. What do I teach them, though? When I go and I, and I, and I get all these people around, they're excited because they hear about salvation and all that. What do I tell them to do, Jesus? Jesus said, when you do that, tell them to observe everything I have commanded you. Everything. I, now, let me just start with everything. That means don't leave stuff out that's uncomfortable. We had a, we had a wedding here with Chrissy and Jacob. We said a dirty word. Dirty word. Horrible word. Submit. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> we didn't live stream it, so we're okay, right? We're live streaming today. We'll edit it out. Submit. You get, you get, that, ain't, that don't fly in our culture. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, Jesus didn't say that. Paul said that. Is that right? Jesus didn't say wives should submit to their husbands. Paul said wives should submit to their husbands. Here's the problem. Paul got that from Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, when Paul was killing Christians, had already decided he's going to be my guy. So Jesus called Paul after he died and rose again from the dead and said, Paul, I'm going to entrust you with spreading the gospel to the Gentiles, to the world. I'm going to tell you what I want you to tell them. Which is why what Paul said is according to the word of Jesus. Which is why you can live it. Which means what Paul says is not according to human tradition. It's according to Christ. Now sometimes Paul will say what? I say this, not the Lord. Thank you, Paul. You know why he says that? Because the other stuff that he's saying is from the Lord. And who is the Lord? Not God, the Father. Who's the Lord? Jesus. You have received the Lord Jesus. Jesus is Lord. So he said this stuff is from Jesus. And so when he says, wives well, should submit to that, it's according to Christ. And it, in fact, he even says, uh, as, as the church submits to Christ, there's a picture of Christ in there. Anyway, observe, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. From the very beginning of Jesus' preaching to the very end of Jesus' preaching, he was preaching, do what I say. Listen to me. We talk about the, the, the mount uh, where Jesus transfigured. Moses is there. Elijah is there. Moses representing the law. Elijah representing the prophets. Jesus is there in the middle, and God speaks and tells us who to listen to. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Not Moses, not Elijah, Jesus. And then he says these words. God himself says these words. Listen to him. To who? Moses? Elijah? Jesus. The same Jesus says you've heard it said and used the law. It's not just the law, but the law is going to play a, a big part as we continue in this chapter of Colossians, not today. We're about to, to stop because we got to, we're, we're going to have communion together. Let's go back to Colossians. Captivity comes in. We talked a lot about freedom today. We sang about it. 
Where you go from freedom to captivity is where you get off the path of what Jesus said and what Jesus did and get on the path of anything else. Thinking that you're maturing in Christ. Again, not wrong to get wisdom. Not wrong to have financial peace. But don't confuse with financial peace with maturity in Christ. It's not. God is not going to get the one with the most money and the best money skills. And say, you got the, you got the first chair. No, mature in Christ is what he's going to. Which means hearing what Jesus said. Some of y'all need to do that. Don't say you're a Christian and you don't even check to see what your Lord says. Find out what he says. You're responsible to do that. You're going astray and leading people astray if you don't hear it. Secondly, if you're hearing it and reading but you're not doing it, you're going astray and leading people astray. The path is hearing what Jesus said and doing what Jesus said. But don't get confused when somebody comes along and says, this is what you need to do instead of that. There's a lot of stuff that sounds good. What did, what did Paul say in, in, in chapter 2, verse 4? I say this so that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. What does plausible mean? That makes sense. That makes sense. That, that sounds like it could be good. Well, what, what determines whether it's a delusion or the truth? What did Jesus say about it? What did Jesus say? Did Jesus say that? No, Paul said it. Well, Jesus told Paul. Did Jesus say that? Well, John said it. Well, Jesus told John. We got the apostles. The apostles are the, the, apostles are the ones Jesus is talking about when he says, go into the world and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, observe everything I've commanded you. So John, Paul, James, who was ultimately an apostle eventually, Jude, these are the guys that, 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 that had the, 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 the mantle of taking what Jesus taught to the world or, and, and to us. And, 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 and Peter, I forgot Peter, Peter's one of those. So what they say came from the Lord. You can bank on it. But if you don't find it in there, if you don't find it in there, then... Then, then, then you need to go, you know, this is not going to help me mature in Christ. If it's not according to what Jesus said, it's not going to help you mature in Christ. So focus on what Jesus said. Do what Jesus said. Observe everything that Jesus said. And we're closing with this. If somebody can go get the kingdom kids and the honeybees and nursery so we can have communion together. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. For in him, verse 9, real quick. Verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. What does Paul mean there? Again, that's grand language. Here's what he means. If Jesus is telling you to do it, God's telling you to do it. There, there's not a lick of Jesus that is not God. In Jesus, the whole deity, the fullness, the pleroma is the, is the Greek word. The pleroma of God exists in Jesus. He is fully God. 
And you, look what he says. He didn't stop there. There's a comma, not a period. He's telling you that so that he can tell you this. And you have been filled in him. You have been filled. That word filled is pleroo. Have we heard that word somewhere? Pleroo. Pleroo. What does it mean? It means to be completely filled, to fill the capacity. You have been filled in him. We were traveling this week, and we had some vehicles that were filled to capacity. You know what that means? There's no room for you in this vehicle. <laughs> That's the attitude we need to take when something comes at us, and we check Jesus, and it's not according to Jesus. This is the way you grow and mature in Christ. Okay, let me find where Jesus said that. I don't find that in Jesus. I, I, I don't have room for that. I don't have room for that. I'm, I'm filled in Him, in Christ. Christ feels who He is. Look what He says. The head of all rule and authority. All authority has been given to me. Whoever hears my words and does them. Whatever you're you're aiming at whatever path you're going down thinking it's getting you mature in Christ did it come from Jesus is it what he taught is it what he said it makes sure because it can sound good and lead you into captivity Jesus is enough Jesus is enough Jesus is enough you want to grow? Grow in Jesus. You don't need to look anywhere else to find the, the secret to growth. It's in Jesus, and it's through Jesus, and it's through His Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for revelation. I pray for lights to come on and things to click. I pray for your Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. I thank you, God, for causing us not to be distracted. I thank you, God, for causing us to have those... Uh, uh, what, uh, called blinders on horses where we're not going to look to the left and not going to look to the right we're going to be going straight towards you the things that keep us on the path I thank you for what you have said because it is true and it is life we can live our life based on that and when the rains come and the winds blow we'll stand firm I thank you that it holds I thank you that it holds help us to be strong in Christ in Jesus name